The Cost of Goods Told podcast is made possible by the following sponsors. Duke's Premium Meats Home Delivery is committed to providing you with the best quality meat delivered right to your door. Offering certified Angus beef, grass-fed beef, Wagyu, and many more premium options, nobody beats Duke's Meats. Make sure to check out all that Duke has to offer at dukespremiummeats.com. Chriswell Culinary aims to create a new standard of unique, affordable hot sauces that satisfies the more developed cravings of today. Bernie Brand Texas-style hot sauce is a boldly layered sauce with density and personality to proudly represent Texas. Go to BernieBrand.com to find a retailer near you. That's Bernie, B-O-E-R-N-E, Brand.com. Zero Point Organics grows and supplies microgreens for over 30 major restaurants in the Houston area. Consistently perfect quality in flavor and appearance, their microgreens will be the best you or your customers have ever had every single time. Go to zero, Z-E-R-O, dash pointorganics.com. Welcome to the Cost of Goods Told podcast. My name's Connor. I'm a chef and media producer. I am joined, as always, by my co-producer, Darren Lafferty. How Present. Doing, <laughs> Present. <laughs> Each week, we have a wonderful guest. This week, our guest is Michael Sambrooks. Uh, Michael, I'm going to do a quick intro just so the listeners know what we're getting into because there's sure. a lot to cover in this podcast. Um, a native of Kingswood, uh, worked in the restaurant, uh, or I'm sorry, Worked in a bunch of restaurants, including mm-hmm. Reef, Stella Stola, Good uh, Company Barbecue. Opened the Pit Room in 2016. At the end of 2018, you've added three new concepts. Uh, one which became Sam's Fried Chicken and Donuts, Pie Pizza, and 1751 C and Bar, which is uh, high-quality seafood, raw bar, and Houston's premier gin bar with over 100 <laughs> unique chins. It also graced Allison Cook's top 100 at number 26. And then, as if you weren't busy enough, October 2019 opened up Candente, which is kind of like a Tex-Mex restaurant, correct? Correct. Wonderful. So if that isn't one heck of an introduction. (laughs) You just just took two hours into about two minutes. I know, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we've got a job. Good job. So listeners, we've got a lot to cover. That's great (laughs) job security. I'm tired just listening to you say that. Well, awesome. For those who aren't familiar with you, if you don't mind just giving us a little bit of background, I know I covered a lot of ground there, but like, you know, just how you got started, you know, um, what, what your first kind of experience with the restaurant industry was. Sure. So I've basically been doing restaurants for my whole career. So I started when I was uh, 18 years old, just, you know, picking up a job, waiting tables here and there, started out at Papa Do's, worked a bunch of different odd jobs, bartending, waiting tables here and there throughout school and college. Uh, didn't really get serious about it until maybe around 2016. I had gone to Baylor <clears throat> trying to pursue a football career, and then uh, that didn't really pan out. So I came back to Houston uh signed up to go to U of H and then started doing the hotel restaurant management thing. And that's kind of when I felt like I was going to really give this a shot and try to go for it and make this career. Uh, So I did that for a little while. Um, And then I, you know, I was waiting tables at Stella Sola. That was uh, uh, Brian Caswell, Bill Floyd place. Mm -hmm. Um, And while I was doing that, I got a manager gig over at reef and that was kind of my first manager gig, first real, um, you know, gig in the restaurant business and that's kind of how it all started Mm -hmm. gosh that was a long time ago now eight or nine years ago (laughs) now um so did that you know worked at reef for a couple years um for those outside of houston reef was probably one of the first restaurant concepts one 
It was a seafood concept that was local, you know, kind of straight from the Gulf. Yeah. But then it was also a damn huge restaurant, too, on top of it, you know. The main dining room was, I think, 150 plus, and then the bar over there was another 40 plus. It was a really big place, and it was kind of one of the first ones that had that kind of, you know, celebrity chef, Mm -hmm. kind of chef-y kind of feel to it, and it was a... Fantastic restaurant. Love that restaurant. Still love that restaurant. Um, uh, and then from there, I'm trying to remember all, what it all was. But I spent, I think, a couple of years at Cyclone Anaya's in Midtown. <laughs> uh, managing that. I was eventually the GM there before I left. And then um, I think I went to open um, Liberty Kitchen from there, and that didn't really pan out. And then uh, I ended up at Good Company Barbecue. And then that was kind of my first experience with uh, – I guess what you'd call QSR, quick serve restaurant, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. and barbecue in general, um, because I'd really mostly done full service stuff, kind of bar management stuff in the past. And so I kind of fell into a more of a kitchen manager role over there and uh, really fell in love with kind of the style of service and the concept and uh, the community of barbecue mm-hmm. and um, just kind of the people and this, that, and the other. And uh Decided to try and do our own thing, and, um, you know, we were looking for a location, obviously found uh, the pit room where it is over here on Richmond, and um, signed a lease, went for it, built it out, and uh, spent kind of the next year doing menu development with uh, former chef Bram, Bram mm-hmm. Tripp, and um, that was it. So Opened so- <laughs> in 2016, and... Went from there. I forgot to add, sorry, I forgot to add that not only did you have the pit room, but then you added the bar next to it, which sounds like, oh, that's an easy little (laughs) addition. That's a whole monster on its own there because that's a big bar that you added. uh, You know, the pit room's tiny. I think it's uh, like 2,300 square foot. We have like 45 seats inside. It must be including the kitchen. Yes, (laughs) exactly. Yeah, I think we have 45 total seats at the pit room. And, uh, you know, Jackson's Watering Hole was the bar that was there before, and we had always, you know, thought we were going to rely on having a really symbiotic relationship with them and, you know, sending our customers over there to sit for yeah. extra dining. And they approached us, I think it was three months before we opened the pit room. We were like, <laughs> we want out. Do you want to buy it? And we're like, well, I guess we have to. We don't really want to, but we have to because we yeah. don't want to can't let anybody else go in there. So, um, So we went for it and did that, and then we spent the next year kind of, trying to renovate the place because it was it needed a lot of work like the deck was falling apart Mm -hmm. there was plumbing issues all this stuff so we spent the next year trying to kind of renovate that and uh kind of tie it into the pit room so now we have this huge patio that's attached to the pit room that's got you know 150 200 extra seats Mm -hmm. which kind of saved us there so i mean I had a question. When you mentioned earlier that, so you waited tables, several yeah. different concepts, right? And then worked your way up into management. Yeah. But then what's interesting is that once you started working at a good company, you kind of enjoyed that setup, that QSR, yeah. if you will. Yeah. Knowing you had all that, that table experience. Right. That's kind of the opposite direction, isn't it? What, what made you enjoy that more than a concept where you had a full weight staff and things of that nature? Because it was kind of kitchen out. And so I'd always, it was a different view for me. I'd always been kind of in the front of the house and kind of you know, viewed the kitchen from afar. Sure. I never really got to kind of work closely with it. And, you know, this was more you have to do kitchen operations. You mm-hmm. do all the ordering. You do the production schedules. You do all that stuff. And so it was a different – it was just a different mode yeah. for me that I felt more comfortable doing okay. and felt like it was something I liked. And I just, you know – 
from a business standpoint, it's you can move a lot more people through a smaller space and yeah. a QSR. Yeah. Uh, you're limited to what you can do in a full service uh, environment. You know, you're limited to how many tables you have and Absolutely. how many tables mm-hmm. you can fit in. And in a QSR environment, you can pump people through the <laughs> so line it made, and it, get them in and out. And that only made sense. <laughs> it made dollars. Too, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it was a good deal. And I just, I mean, I, I loved it from a business standpoint and a, and a working standpoint. So, well, it sounds like it was some sort of motivation as well. So, once you found a honey hole that you liked or a concept, right. it pushed you in the direction of wanting to do your own thing too. You just got tired of working for somebody else, or yeah, you had I mean, enough confidence to finally just say, "Hey, I'm going to get some investors and we're going to do this." It was yeah. I mean, the confidence is a big part. I, I think that I always felt like I wanted to do my own thing, but when and when's the right opportunity yeah. and you know, it's still even nerve wracking even when you get the <laughs> confidence to do it. But um I think that, you know, that opportunity and, you know, feeling like I really loved that and really learning from those guys did give me the confidence to feel like I could go out and do my own thing. Sure. How old were you? Was. That was uh I had just turned twenty nine. Okay. 29. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So I was, I was going to be 30, I guess, when we opened. So that's relatively young. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're know, in the restaurant business, right? It I is. Mean, and yeah. you'd only spent maybe a decade yeah, uh, about taking, 10 years. taking it kind of seriously. Yeah. About, yeah. Even eight, eight to 10 years kind of taking it seriously. And the restaurant business is more like dog years, right? If, you're <laughs> right. Open, if you have exactly. a concept for 10 years, that's like 70 years. I mean, in dog oh, years, I know. right? No, for real. <laughs> yeah. 10 years is a long time. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it just it, it, usually you have to grind it out for a lot longer yeah. than that. Yeah, yeah. Kind of earn your chops, but we were kind of lucky enough to take the risk and go for it, and it, you know, it worked out with the pit room. So very cool. Yeah, was that just you, or was that all part of the uh, Sam Brooks Management Company? So that's Sam Brooks Management Company. That's that's kind of the company that operates everything. So it's me, my dad, my brother. So <laughs> it's it's all, uh, all us. We don't have any other outside investors or anything. So it's. It's just been us and everything that we've done. So, Does your dad come with any management experience? I know we met him yeah. here, but he is the silent partner, you know, a little he bit. He made that very clear. <laughs> very clear. No, no, yeah. My dad's the one who keeps us uh, organized. And, uh, you, you know, yeah, he's got lots of management experience. He's been in the oil gas uh, business his whole career. He's, uh, you know, I, I don't know if he's retired yet. He's close to retired. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, so uh, he's been doing that for 40 years at a high-level management uh, okay. position. So, yeah, he keeps us he keeps <laughs> us going in the right direction. Y'all must be doing something right because he seemed fairly relaxed when he <laughs> yeah, over and introduced himself. You know, I was yeah. like, so what do you do here? And he's like, yeah, I'm the owner. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. You know Michael? <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was yeah. good to meet him. It was oh, good to yeah. Meet him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we have fun with it, and uh, you know, we all kind of talk. We've talked about it for years, and we all love the restaurant business. So it's yeah. been a really fun thing to do as a family and stuff like that. So. Is it hard to turn it off? Like, I mean, like, come, um, we just celebrated Thanksgiving. Is it yeah. like, you know, hey, we all leave it at the door and you know just enjoy turkey, um, or are y'all constantly talking yeah. about it? You know, sometimes well, at each other's throats. No, no, never That's at good. each other's throats. I mean. In this business, you never really get the opportunity to turn it off. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, when we're together, we don't – yeah, we just talk about life, kids, you know, stuff. I mean, we don't really talk much about business, and it's not – it's it's never heated or anything like that. We, we, you know, we just use each other for advice and, you know, kind of go on. Yeah. You know, it's it's always been relaxing. So you're uh, a close-knit family. Close, yeah. Close oh, family, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. 
for That's sure. Good. And you have other things to talk about, obviously. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've got three kids at home. My brother's okay. got two kids. And so we, we're, we're busy beyond this. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. We've got plenty of other things going on. Can you talk about opening up the first pit room? You know, I know that you, because of the pits that you put in there, there was a little bit of complications and so forth with, I guess, permits and, and everything. Can you talk yeah. about that a little bit? Sure. So it was, it was more than just the pits, actually. It was, a, I mean, the location we chose, I mean, pretty much the only thing going for it was the location. Uh, the building was terrible. Um, okay. So we basically had to take it down to the studs. We kept one wall. And we had to build it back up, and we had to redesign it uh, like two or three times before we could get it to come out of the, uh, the, the city review, because um, they wanted to take a right away off of Richmond. And so, uh, you know, our original design was to kind of expand the building to, uh, you know, be a bigger space, add more seating, more pit room, and stuff like that. And I guess it triggered a, uh, if we expanded the building any more than, I guess, 20% of what was already there, then they were going to take a, a 10-foot right away off of Richmond. And, you know, we went back to landlord, and he was like, no way that would allow us to do that. So <laughs> right. we had to try and figure out how to redesign it there. And then there was all sorts of, it was like putting those pits inside had never been done before. It's like, so when we were talking to the city and the engineers, it's like nobody really knew how to interpret the code. Um, and so we had to have several meetings with, uh, with them and we kept going back and forth with the engineers about, can we put these outside? Can we screen them in this, that, the other? And, you know, we kind of determined, no, the absolute answer is no, they have to be inside. They have to be 100% under a hood. It's mm. got to be in an enclosed room and it's got to be double rated fire walls, you know, and all this, that, and the other. Yeah. And, um, so it took all this time and effort to kind of and money. It sounds I was like. gonna say and money. Yes, a lot more. <laughs> Still than, paying the lease. <laughs> a lot more than we expected. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so it took all this time and effort to design the pit room. We kept talking about the pit room, the pit room, the pit room, and so we're like, why don't we just call it the pit room? <laughs> so that was kind of how that came about. Um, Genius. Yeah, Surprised yeah. it wasn't called the fucking pit room, you know. <laughs> right, exactly. so. Well, I was going to say, yeah, that, all, all, with all private, the sweating he did in the middle of the night, he was like, the damn <laughs> yeah, pit room. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. 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 so you know, we couldn't figure out how we were going to make these offset pits work with the hoods. I and mean, is it going to suck the fire out of the Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Increase the flow. Is yeah. it going to be running at 500 degrees, all this stuff? How do we find a balance? And so, you know. We worked it out, and we actually, for the first six months, we can use the door that closes to the pit room as kind of a baffle. So, <laughs> <laughs> so if we close that door, you know, and we, that, that helps us get our fires up. Sure, you know, sure, if we sure. we need a little more temp and all that, then we just open the door, so we use that door as kind of a baffle <laughs> instead, instead of adjusting the pit. So, so that we, extra we, 20 we grand, that extra 20 grand helped out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, <laughs> it's right. really just one door. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just one door, and, you know, so, yeah. And that was kind of how that happened, and... um I mean, the whole process took, I think we were building that place for 11, 12 months, wow. you know, just trying to, and I mean, six, six of that was trying to get it out of permit. Yeah. Are you honing your craft at that time? Like, are you, are it was you actually kind of a blessing? Cause, uh, we had, we were renting a commissary kitchen space and we had had the trailer pit built and we were basically just every single day cooking, you know? So mm -hmm. we, we had, we had full recipe book, you know, documented, procedures documented, you know, about two or three months before we even opened. Mm -hmm. We were just kind of waiting yeah. and ready to go. Uh, but if we didn't have that time, it probably would have been a much rougher start. I got gotcha. you. Uh, so we had about a year of R&D 
um, that most people don't get the opportunity to have. I mean, yeah. usually you have, you know, a few months to get it all worked out because the space is going to be ready and you got to right. go. You can't sit on it. Sure. Right. Uh, Learn by fire, yeah. you know. So, Literally. no, that was, yeah. that was kind of a... a <laughs> Didn't mean that part, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> it worked out that Yeah, hard. you're a genius too. <laughs> <laughs> so that was kind of a blessing, actually. I mean, we, we, we spent a long time. We redid recipes over and over and over and over and over again until yeah. we got them to where we liked them. Speaking of recipes, was the intent when you first decided, okay, I'm going to open up my own spot, was to have kind of the style that you have. Like, we'll just use your potato salad as an example. That's right. not a simple potato salad in any regard. Were you like right off the bat, like, Hey, we're going to be doing something different. We're going to have all of these different things on the menu. We're not just going to do brisket and sausage and ribs. Yeah. I mean, that was always the intention. Okay. If we're going to do it, we got to do something different. There's a lot of people that have been established for a long time that are, you know, doing things. And and so if we're going to come into Houston and do barbecue, I mean, we got to do it different. We started with, you know, it's going to be a scratch kitchen. We're going to make everything from scratch. We're going to make, we have a little bit of a Tex-Mex influence because, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people kind of go southern with their collard greens mm-hmm. and stuff like that on the sides. And we thought, you know, nobody's really doing, you know, kind of a Tex-Mex influence with the barbecue. So we thought that might be a good uh, kind of lead in to differentiate ourselves and uh, little things, you know, uh, coffee, bourbon, barbecue sauce, making our own mustard, potato salad that takes, you know, two or three days to make, mm-hmm. uh, making our mac and cheese sauce from scratch every day. Um, it's It's just the effort that we wanted to put into it, we hoped would show in the final product. And uh, it's, you know, everything from, we have somebody there 24 hours cooking, you know, it's, it's tending the fires, all offset pits, no automation. It's, Mm -hmm. it's doing things the the hard way, but the right way Mm -hmm. was kind of the intention. And what was the initial staff number? Do you remember like how many guys? (laughs) 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 He remembers that. Yeah, Yeah, right. I was going to say. It was me and Bram. Um, No, the initial staff member, it was me, Bram, Dino, and like two kitchen people, three kitchen people. So it was about, uh, when we opened, it was about seven of us. Seven. Yeah. Running hard, huh? Yeah. And then we, you know, we hired a full staff after that. But, you know, it was, I think originally we opened with, staff of 15 or 20 but i mean we put up a uh, now hiring sign and, and we filled up our uh, staff i think in like three days nice. i guess we were sitting there you know everybody saw us under construction for yeah. so long that yeah. they were just waiting for us to open it so as soon as we put the now hiring sign on we filled our staff pretty quick would you say that from a business standpoint that labor is one of the the, the biggest challenges that you have, I mean, I know you filled it in three days because the anticipation of 12 months under construction, but when you hire on people, is there a high retention rate? Is there a high turnover rate? I have a high retention rate. I know that labor, it, I mean, across, not at all of our concepts, but at the pit room, we've been really, really lucky. We have, um, we brought, I brought over a lot of staff mm-hmm. with me that I had worked with for a long time yeah. and, and mm-hmm. they kind of create, helped create a culture of, uh, you know, people that wanted to come work for us. And so we've got probably eight or nine people that have been with us three years plus, maybe even more, yeah. mm-hmm. um, you know, some of them now working at other concepts for me. Um, but as far as turnover at the pit room, it's like, you know, it's, very, very low. I mean, less than 10%. I can tell you, I mean, my experience in eating at the pit room, going through the line, that concept, right? Where yeah. there's the interaction and it's it's exciting. Um, there was definitely um, an inclusion 
of the process one. And then number two, there was definitely a connection across the side of the glass between the lady who was at the very end right. and the cutter. Right. I mean, it was a simple glance and they knew, <laughs> they knew what they were trying to say. Yeah. Right. No. So, so they, I don't know if they've all been together for three years, but it was almost like, you know, you give somebody a look and they know what they need to do. <laughs> yeah. That's what happened. Yeah. I mean, it's a really, it's a real, we were really lucky. I mean, it's a really tight knit group. And, uh, I mean, they've been with us a long time and we're, we've got the, you know, kind of the start of that over at Kendent Day, and that's that's been really good. We took a like took a few key players from the pit room to help us open that and kind of you know, yeah create the culture that's going to you know work there as well. And uh, you know, seventeen fifty one, we've got a great staff that's been with us most of them since we opened. I mean, we've got some some turnover in the kitchen, but not a lot. Um, but yeah, staffing is the hard part finding good people. But sure. More finding reliable people, especially in barbecue. The hardest part was the overnight yeah. shift. It took, um, I mean, I think the first year, it was, you know, you never really felt comfortable. It was always, am I going to have to cover, right. you know, <laughs> for at least the first year um, until we found some reliable people that really wanted to do it. So I know you're using offsets. Does that, and I don't want to just pres- assume, right, but I'm assuming they're stick burners. Oh, yeah. They're, they're yeah. offset because that's what requires overnight, all night right. cooking. Okay. Yeah. Somebody loading them. Yep. Yeah. I mean, stoking them, watching them. Hey, opening up the door, close the door. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, uh, so we were open lunch and dinner as well. And that was one of the things we wanted to do. We didn't want to sell out. We don't want to, don't ever put up a sign that says when we have to sometimes that we ran out of barbecue. So we. Sure put a lot of effort into, you know, we track how much we cook every day so that we can go back and look at our numbers and make sure that we cook enough to cover the business. Um, but so we have a load that goes on at 10 p.m. So, I mean, there has to be somebody yeah. here, you know, just so we can have fresh food for the dinner shift. That's a really good point. You brought that up because, <laughs> in, and there's so much craft barbecue. You guys are in that same game of craft barbecue, scratch, you know, and, and cooking all night. But there's so many people, though, that run out, and I don't find that to be offensive at all. But, no, but why is that? Why is your game plan, hey, we know people run out, and we get it. Right? Yeah. Sometimes we have to, but why is your game plan, we don't want to run out? Yeah, maybe because of my experience with good company, but I always knew that I just felt like inside the loop in Montrose, if, if you run out of food and if you're not open for dinner, then your customers are going to get really upset. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I just I, – I, I never – I thought that that would be just a really hard thing to to train your customers on uh, in this area of town yeah. because they're so demanding. Okay. I didn't think that was going to work. It makes sense, location, and plus the fact that you advertise lunch and dinner. Right. You have to have product. But barbecue is yeah. so difficult. I mean, that's a difficult oh, concept hard. to fulfill on. Yeah. I mean, you have multiple concepts, so you would know. Yeah. But it just seems like, you know, there's so much craft barbecue now mm-hmm. where, hey, man, we open at 11. So yeah. uh, show up late and lose weight, or, you <laughs> right. know, and right. that's so. But but you yeah. guys are fulfilling that need in your yeah. in your geological area here. Yeah, and town. I mean we're attached to a bar, so no. <laughs> if we closed it, you know, three or four, yeah, you know, it, it wouldn't it doesn't doesn't really it doesn't really go for our concept of what we were trying. So to So because do. of the bar is the major thing, tacos. Or, yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm sure you do well with all, but, but tacos <laughs> kind of blew up for us. So that was, yeah, I mean, tacos, we get a lot of people coming in for grab and go food. They yeah. just grab the chips and queso, the tacos, chicharrones, kind of different bar food that we have on our menu and go sit over there, have a drink, watch a game. 
Um, so yeah, all that kind of played into the overall concept. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. We're going to talk more about that. So just, uh, we ask you guys to hang out, stay tuned. We're going to hear from our sponsors real quick, and then we'll come back with more from, from sure. Michael. The cost of goods told podcast is made possible by the following sponsors. Chriswell Culinary aims to create a new standard of unique, affordable hot sauces that satisfies the more developed cravings of today. Bernie Brand Texas-style hot sauce is a boldly layered sauce with density and personality to proudly represent Texas. Go to BernieBrand.com to find a retailer near you. That's Bernie, B-O-E-R-N-E, Brand.com. Zero Point Organics grows and supplies microgreens for over 30 major restaurants in the Houston area. Consistently perfect quality in flavor and appearance, their microgreens will be the best you or your customers have ever had every single time. Go to zero, Z-E-R-O-pointorganics.com. Duke's Premium Meats Home Delivery is committed to providing you with the best quality meat delivered right to your door. Offering certified Angus beef, grass-fed beef, Wagyu, and many more premium options, nobody beats Duke's Meats. Make sure to check out all that Duke has to offer at dukespremiummeats.com. What you're losing, I'm trying to gain, man. You know, this freaking baby face, though. You're too young. You're too too young. You don't have the maturity yet. 35, man. When you get to 48, let me know. (laughs) (laughs) How old are you, Michael? 33. Oh, shit. You're both y'all babies. Yeah. I can't believe you're only 33. 33. Yeah. Yeah. 34 next year. Shit. That's nuts. I thought I was. I thought I was crazy opening up a food truck at 29. This guy opens up a restaurant, (laughs) and and before he's 33 years old, he's got three kids. Three kids, he's killing it. Yeah, yeah, three kids under five. God bless your wife, man. Oh, I know. She (laughs) works full time too. Restaurant business or no? No, no. Okay. God, nine to five. Yeah. You got to have one sane one <laughs> yeah, in the house, right? right yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think there's any sane one with three kids, and then <laughs> no. like you got all the restaurants no. and stuff. No one's sane no, in that household. No, not really. <laughs> 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 no. Yeah. Well, welcome back to Cost of Goods Told podcast, <laughs> part two. Uh, we're talking all about families. We're joined, uh, Connor and I are here as usual, and we're joined by Michael Sam Brooks. Thanks for hanging out with us, man. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, it's been fun. He is, uh, he's one of the owners of Sam Brooks Management, and you'll be you know, more familiar with the, some of his concepts, 1751, uh, Candente, Pit Room, Sam's. Pie Pizza, Sam's Chicken and Fried Donuts. donuts. Fried Chicken and Donuts. <laughs> <That's> right. <laughs> anyway, we appreciate it. We know how busy you are, and you got a catering going on right there at Pit Room, so thank you for sitting with us and hanging yeah, out absolutely. a little bit. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about, you know, so, so we talked – in the first part, where who you are, where you came from, how you kind of got into the business and evolved into management, and then obviously ownership, um, no investors in the business, so um, that's a big, big leap. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, you're kind of coasting along, if, if we can use that word loosely, and then, bam, you pick up, like, three more restaurants. Yeah. Um, how does this happen, and, and are you getting any <laughs> sleep at all now? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm getting a little sleep now. Yeah, after Candente opened, that was the uh, – that was the kind of final one that was kind of allowed us to relax a little, little bit. Uh, but how it all started. Uh, so uh, Lisa Goachman does my marketing for, uh, she was doing my marketing for the pit room and she also did uh, the marketing for cherry pie hospitality. And uh, it was just kind of a weird thing. I called her, I was looking for a uh, space cause I had an idea of concept that I wanted to do and uh, kind of been looking around and, 
you know, Lisa knows everybody. So, you know, <laughs> a, you know, a second generation space would have been perfect. And um, so I called her, kind of told her what I was looking for. And she's like, well, actually, you know, <laughs> and then she kind of told me about the whole situation going on um, with Jerry Pye. And I thought, oh, that's crazy. I'm not interested. But, uh, you know, I ended up meeting with, uh, you know, I guess, one of the owners of Cherry Pie and just kind of hearing what the situation was. And then we kind of got talking and talked to my dad about it a little bit. And I was like, you know, this is a pretty good little deal that we could do here if we could pull this off. So, yeah. you know, because, uh, you know, for people in our position, uh, you know, being a kind of a newcomer to being a restaurant owner, you don't really get the first stab at these kind of high-end second-generation sure. spaces. Mm-hmm. Sure, They're sure. usually kind of swooped up by the big guys, you know, before you even have the chance to kind of get in cheap on something. Yeah. Uh, so that was kind of the motivation to kind of take the leap and uh, go for it with these three concepts. So we worked out, uh, worked out, ended up working out a deal with them, got those three, somebody else got state fair or whatever else they had. And um, so we took over pie pizza, um, uh, Lee's fried chicken and donuts and starfish, which we've uh, since rebranded and reconcepted all but pie pizza. We haven't rebranded yet. Um, that was in, I guess, August of eight. Eighteen, no, seventeen, seventeen, August of seventeen, and uh, so we've been working on that. And uh, the first one that we worked on was uh, starfish. That was kind of our little bit of a passion project. Uh, Steve Breakers, our uh, director of operations, he was kind of the first guy I called okay. uh, when we were going through that deal, and he was a longtime GM at Reef. That's where we had met. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he had been a GM there eight years or so, and. Um, he had worked as GM at Uchi, you know, GM for a, a lot of different places uh, in his career. And, uh, you know, really good leader, good uh, mind for food, mind for staff and all that. So we brought him on and uh, basically to kind of let the seafood one be his baby, you know. Yeah. And so we all kind of worked on that uh, together. We brought on JD as a chef and uh, really just – it really couldn't be happier of how that place came uh came out it's uh it's now called 1751 c bar which is a reference to the gin act of 1751 um so a big part of the renovation was um we built this huge elaborate back bar that holds like 300 bottles mm-hmm. and uh, maybe probably even more 140 of them are gin um, <laughs> so we kind of inherited that uh, Starfish actually had, um, I think, 90-something gins when we took over. Really? And, mm-hmm. and when we were eating at the place, and we thought that was kind of the most interesting part of the concept is that they had this really cool gin program that I'm not sure anybody really knew much about. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we were thinking through the rebranding and the um, and the renovation. That was something that we wanted to be a, a main focus because I'm like, that's really cool, yeah. you know? And so... So we did that. We changed kind of the blue teal to a lot of black and brass and kind of tried to. Yeah, that's a big kinda, flip. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> tried to kind of class it up a little bit. And so that place is doing really well. And um, we did a menu change over at um, um, Sam's Fried Chicken and Donuts and just kind of tried to keep the concept similar because it's kind of a kind of a beloved Houston concept. So yeah, we didn't yeah. want to change it too much but mm-hmm. we just yeah. did want to change some of the recipes that we thought needed updating and stuff well, it's a great little concept too because you got that whole residential area yeah. right there between the high rise um, right. and then the old homes right yeah. so 
It's a really cool place to pop in, right? Yeah. Grab something to go real quick. Yeah, and it's right by that kind of new development on Heights Boulevard. It's right across from the park. And yeah. then they've got all those retail and kind of restaurant spaces down there. So it's kind of right on the edge of that hot area. I love to go in there and get fried chicken and go to the park and watch people exercise. Yeah, you know what right? I mean? I get yeah. my donuts and fried chicken and then just sit <laughs> in a lawn there, chair. Yeah. Wafting it towards them. No, no, like, I mean, you know, you know, kind of shirt halfway up, like 70s style. And <laughs> just to catch the crumbs. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good funny. fried chicken, though. Good, yeah, good stuff. Good. Thank you. Good stuff. Thank you. Um, and what was the question? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know well, I think well, you just yeah, got us all drooling yeah. about yeah. fried chicken. Oh, my bad. Yeah. I'm all about the food, always. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do have a question, though. So, you know, you so you worked at all these places prior to um, you opened up your own concept here at the pit mm-hmm. room, right? Spent a year building out. So you know the pain that is. Yeah. Is that pain equal to taking over an existing concept? Oh. Or, or is it a different type of pain, like labor without epidural and labor with type epidural? Of pain. You know what the... It's interesting that you asked that because it, it's like the chicken place. It's like we really didn't change almost anything, but mm-hmm. we changed the name. Yeah. And so just that alone made people not want to go. Mm. You know, like before we even did anything to any recipe, all we did was change Sam's to Lee's. People were like walking in and leaving. Mm. And then, uh, and honestly, what we did was, I don't want to, but they were, they were just using stuff out of a can and this, yeah. that, and the other. It was all prepackaged stuff. So, you know, we took. We had real chefs, kind of, you know, doing fresh food, making mashed potatoes from scratch. We're yeah. sending sides from the pit room. We used the pit room's mac and cheese over there. Nice. We used the pit room's barbecue sauce, the pit room's mustard, all sorts of stuff. Anything we could produce out of the other stores, you know, over yeah. there, we would send over. And just it was a really uphill battle. Hmm. Honestly, it's just the because of the perception. It was like, how sure. dare you change? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Something that we love. People hate change. Yeah. Even right. if it's not changed. Even, even right? though we thought it was better. Yeah. And, you know, now we're getting a lot of good feedback about the food and, mm-hmm. and the service. But it took a while. And it yeah. was painful. Really? Um, so, yeah. It, different pain, I guess. Yeah. What about yeah. on the, the opposite end? So, like, I, how I envision it is, like, you've got your kid. And then you're talking to the wife. It's like, you know what? I'm thinking about maybe a second kid. And then you go and adopt three kids, right. you know, and then <laughs> shortly yeah. thereafter, then you decide, hey, you know what? We're going to now try again, you know, yeah, but, right. but I mean, with that adoption of these restaurants, not only does it come with the, you have to uh, accept the challenges from the customer when you start right. to make these changes, but yeah. then also from the staff as well. Uh, how has that been? If true. you don't mind talking to that a little no, bit. No, no, it's true. So, so you know, we kind of, I guess we talked about Sam. So we tried to keep that concept similar, put our own twist on it. That was kind of tough. The, I think the good thing about 1751 is that we just scratched everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Starfish was. Yeah, yeah. And we wanted to get away from it. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we had to present ourselves as a completely new restaurant, which we were. There's sure. nothing left. It was a 180. Right? Yeah. <laughs> there's nothing left from Starfish at all. But through that process, we did have to operate under Starfish mm-hmm. for a while. And, yeah. you know, people coming in and us making menu changes under the Starfish name was the same kind of pain as that we were going through with um, the Sam's, mm-hmm. uh, even though they were things that we were kind of R&Ding or things that we thought might be better uh, or improved. It was still these customers wanted what they wanted. Sure. They wanted what, what was <laughs> of the old. And mm-hmm. just just them hearing that it was under new ownership, 
comes with a negative connotation. Yeah. It means that it's that it's it's bought over and then it's going to get ruined. Yeah. And, and so you have to fight that. And um, it it was tough. And staff wise, it was hard to keep uh, people through that transition. Mm-hmm. I mean, most of them, you know, it was kind of a tough, tough five or six months of just us being in the space and really just using it as R and D. And so we did have to keep staff, but most of them had to go get other jobs, and that's fine, you know. But we were able to keep a few key players that we wanted through the transition, yeah. and they're still with us today from the beginning. That's cool. um, and that's great. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was difficult. Uh, but we came out of that one looking good, and yeah. uh, we like what's going on there. Um, if it hadn't been such a great deal, right, for those three, yeah. Would you do it again, or would you prefer to open your own concept from the ground up, right, to tear it down to the walls and start over, or do you prefer to buy an existing concept and go through all those hurdles and challenges? It w- I prefer to open my own own concept. Okay. I, I think there's some people that would like to buy existing concepts because sure. everything's set and they don't have to, you know, come up with the dishes and this, that, and the other. Mm-hmm. But doing it over again – I, I would buy a something for the space, but never the concept. Yeah, I get that you would always want to do a second generation. You can yeah. save on the build out, right? There's already yeah, a kitchen. Save on the build out. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, but, you get some equipment out yep. of it. Hopefully, you get something that you can use that you know saves on the build out budget somewhere. Um, but as far as the concept goes, taking over someone else's concept, yeah, um, I don't think I would ever try to do that again you prefer otherwise yeah, right. <laughs> and we won't lock you into i don't think i'm ever doing that again but <laughs> you prefer, <laughs> like, and that's why i preface it by saying if it wasn't such a good deal right yeah you'd rather right. start your own uh, right and that makes sense because sure. i would agree with you for five to six so if i was going to the same place forever yeah. and it changed names and i walked in and i smelled something different right i'd be like man my money's hard to come by i'm not sure if i'm going to spend it here exactly. you know? no sure um, and, I almost and that can be it. painful for the owners and that can yeah. be painful for employees and everybody else because change is hard sure it, it, it is what it is yeah but it does come around yeah so how do you push through <laughs> that time frame where i'm going with is because because we're so uh, driven by social media mm-hmm. do you use social media as one of your key components to bringing people back or do you go hand out samples like you're standing in a mall at Chick-fil-A. I mean, how do you do that? How do, how do you grow that business back? Well, it's both. I mean, uh, so, you know, different concepts, different methods. I mean, social media, uh, 1751 and Starfish was, was huge because we were, we had to post, you know, pictures of the new dishes that we were doing and try to get people excited sure. and try to involve people in what was going on that, yeah, this is a transition. We're, we're doing R&D right now. It's going to yeah. take a little bit, but are going to go through a rebranding here you know stay posted and right. we wanted to get people excited about the relaunch yep. so you had to use kind of social media as a teaser there but we also uh at sam's it's like that was kind of our reaction to people walking in and going wait this is different i'm leaving is is we would just here try it yeah you know we would put stuff out and you know let people try it and you know hopefully they like it and Want to want to continue, you know, being a customer with us. If I if I recall correctly, I think at one of the Houston barbecue festivals, it was probably one of the throwdowns at St. Arnold. Mm-hmm. You had just purchased Lee's, 
Yeah. But you guys, it was barbecue driven, the event, but you guys brought donuts, didn't you? Yeah. yeah. Out donuts. Away. I mean, give away. yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, that's what better way, right, right, to get a crowd or to get somebody interested in what you're doing is yeah. to, than to give out free donuts. Just to get them to try it. Yeah. And but, that's kind of what, what the idea was, you know, just get people to try it. Yeah. You know? But on top of your normal operations, even just the the day-to-day restaurant operations is you know you have to be mentor you have to be manager you have to be cook you have to you know oversee all that now you almost have to play politician almost you know to to customers you know and that's another freaking thing that you've got to worry about i can't i can't imagine it and i mean i i as I'm just going to assume, but I mean, you still have pie pizza operating under pie pizza. So that's gone through some several changes on its own. We won't get into details and everything like that, but I mean, it's gone through its own changes. So it's still a concept that still hasn't quite come into its own, you know, (laughs) it hasn't. I mean, and honestly, I like the pizza at pie pizza. I liked the pizza before we took it over. I like the pizza. Now we haven't changed any of the recipes and (laughs) uh, you know, it's just, it's just one of those things. It's just, you know, brands have their own identity, and, sure. and sometimes you know they just they just go. Mm-hmm. And um, so you know, we don't know what we're going to do with that, but um, I mean, stay posted on that one. But we're still operating as Pie Pizza. We still have a good product that I think that we can be proud of. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and we have a good staff there that you know takes care of everybody that comes to the doors. And um, so that's kind of next on the list to get to. But it's been a Busy year, so <laughs> we're, we're, yeah. we're, we're trying to get there. So, yeah. in Connor's words, you adopted three children, <laughs> yeah, right. and then you went back and you said, "Hey, we're going to have another." One. And then you had like you know, then you had relations with your wife, and you're like, "We made one, we made another one." <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Why? So, so anyway, why Tex-Mex? Is just because in your portfolio you didn't have that option? I mean, it's so competitive, and there's now we're so talking much about Tex-Mex, yeah, and Candente, so, Candente, yeah. 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 Why that? Well. Yeah, why, why Tex-Mex? You're right. It, it's extremely competitive. Um, but also there's, I mean, everybody says there's Tex-Mex everywhere. There's Tex-Mex everywhere. I mean, in our opinion, there's kind of three or four major players in Tex-Mex. It's El Tiempo, Papacitos, Nymphas, uh, Lupe Tortilla. Mm-hmm. And those are getting, you know, maybe 90% of the business. And, um, you know, there hasn't really been... Uh, a newcomer into their level of Tex-Mex in, I don't know, five or ten years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it didn't, it, to us, it felt like they hadn't really been, um, hadn't really been a new competitor to even try. And so, um, you know, we've always had this kind of Tex-Mex twist to our barbecue. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. what we did with Candente was kind of a, a barbecue twist to Tex-Mex. So it's, it's a full service Tex-Mex with a little bit of smoke elements to it. And, um, hasn't really been done much in town, but we thought that given the, the lo- the proximity to the pit room and, you know, we, we have a good strong customer base going there, you know, maybe once a week, maybe they'll come visit us twice a week, go sure. there once and go to Candente another time and maybe get a, a different take on Tex-Mex that they wouldn't get at a Papacitos or right. somewhere else. And, and again, we, we thought going into Tex-Mex, it's the same philosophy that we did going into barbecue. We're going to commit to the highest quality ingredients we can find. We buy all prime Nyman Ranch skirt steak for our beef fajitas. Not many people are paying the cost of, yeah. of using a product like that. Uh, right. You know, there's, there's 
kind of unique dishes on the menu. We do a half chicken that's marinated for three days, wow. smoked, picked up on the grill. We've got a big wood burning grill that we use all, you know, 100% mesquite. We've got a Josper that we pick a lot of stuff in. So we add a lot of that that smoke flavor yeah. that mm-hmm. kind of goes good with the, the Tex-Mex flavors. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, so far it's going really, really well. We've gotten a lot of good feedback. Um, staff's coming into their own. We've got a really good core team there. And uh, it's just kind of what we thought of when we wanted to do Tex-Mex. And we thought it just worked for the space. Yeah. You know, it really just felt like I, it Actually, that's that a good space. point. Sorry. That, Go ahead. That's Go a ahead. really good point, too. When you walk in the space, you kind of envision – what exists mm-hmm. and what would go really well here. Yeah. I mean, obviously you have a labor pool cause there's tons of Tex-Mex restaurants, right? Right. So you have a labor pool. Uh, now you have a building, you have a previous or second or third generation uh, right. kitchen set up. So yeah. hey, I think we could pull this off. So yeah, I mean, I'm glad you walked us through that because I don't think yeah. a lot of people would understand why that concept, you know? Yeah. And it's got this huge patio, which just screamed large parties and Tex-Mex to me. <laughs> you know, we can see, uh, up to like 120 people out there. Wow, nice. And, you know, when I ever think of Tex-Mex, I always think of, you know, good patio dining, yep. margaritas, Absolutely. happy hour chips, you know, all that. And it just it just felt right. Yeah. You know, it just kind of felt right for the space. Another one on the list, Connor. Right. Another one on the list. <laughs> I know, right? We'll Speaking call of, Lisa. We'll call Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of space, for those who are watching the podcast, uh, you'll see that we're recording in a, in a different space. We're actually recording in y'all's office, which yes. from that window over there, we can actually see the pit room. And yep. then literally in this building that's attached to it is where Condente is. Yeah, we so. can go in the back door, Condente, down here, and then we can watch what's going on in the pit room <laughs> and the patio over there. So we're kind of centrally located located right nice. here. Nice. Yeah. Very nice. Us. Yeah. I'm just sandwiched. Strategic. Yeah. Strategic. Yeah. <laughs> right. You think, man, this, this is a really good location. No, this is strategic. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Because yeah. when you talk about adding the smoked element to things, I mean, it's literally a walk across the street. Right. Yeah, I mean, not even across the street. Exactly. It's literally yeah. a couple steps away. Right. So it's awesome. Yeah. And that's all we do. Go back and forth all yeah. day. Back and forth. And to that, as soon as I park my truck over the pit room, Guess who Michael's walking across the parking lot with a brown bag. It's like, oh, we have a catering going on. I'm like, what? you just came out of nowhere. I don't know what's happening. Yeah, grab a stuff from this place. Take stealth. It over there and Super yeah. stealth. Yeah. 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 So yeah. you have access to those two establishments. Now you have three other locations that you also have to manage. What right. What do you do? And, and how have you grown as the management company to manage all of that? Because it was quick, you know. Uh, we're still catching up. <clears throat> Still mm-hmm. catching up. Uh, but, yeah, so Steve was a big part of that. So it's, um, you know, you, you have to kind of divvy things up. It's like, okay, Steve, that's that's your baby. I can't. I mean, I can't be there. I'm yeah. Obviously, I'm going to have to be watching the pit room and this. And then we've hired uh, Laura, who's kind of our operations administrator, and she's been, like, key to helping with all of the locations and um still trying to catch up on the accounting for everything that's been a nightmare you're doing uh, like centralized accounting you're doing we're all. trying yeah. to yeah. Yeah. yeah so we just hired you know some stuff to get that lined out and uh, it, it's it's been hard I yeah mean, we've got a beverage director that helps us manage in the store level at you know several different locations we've got another manager that has to split her time between three different locations and it's the only way we can make it work, but it's that's that's been probably the hardest learning uh, process of it all. Is you know one's easy, trying <laughs> to split yourself up between four or five is a little difficult, and then you got to figure out how to grow your team kind of upwards uh, to handle all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and so it's 
that's kind of been a, a you know an uphill battle that we're still still trying to get out of the weeds on but it's it's coming towards the end because i mean i think people would assume oh it's just another restaurant or something like that when you talk about <laughs> the difference between ordering beef a very heavy right. beef thing to a very heavy seafood thing i mean like just just trying to keep all of that food costs in line and trying to streamline that process is, is a pain in the ass it's not like you opened up similar concepts i mean everything no, is so I different mean, across the board it's, it's order guides that are different for every single <laughs> it's, it's schedules that are different for every single concept it's tip pool sheets that are different for every single i mean it's you know it's not like we're just open five different pit rooms which you know we could just repeat what we'd already done yeah. they're all kind of different concepts so um they all have to kind of be custom and everything's got to be formatted to that concept to be able to manage it so um yeah it's been it's been a lot of work are you looking to expand on the management side and i apologize oh, <laughs> you know. um not at the moment i mean we've got kind of the core uh, guys that we need and we're just trying to get the systems in place yeah. mm-hmm. between our, between us. And, and uh, so not really. I mean, it still seems of, like a skeleton crew. That's why I asked, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. you know, I mean, it, it, it's lean and mean, yeah. you know, but if, you know, if you divide and conquer and kind of, Hey, you know what, this is yeah. yours. I, I just can't fuck with it, you yeah. know? So, yeah, but we've got, I mean, we're lucky enough to have great managers at pretty much every level. It's awesome. I mean, we've got, you know, great GM at uh, pit room who's, fantastic we've got great gm at 1751 is fantastic we've just started to get good management over at sam's you know even pie pizza's got a really good gm and kitchen manager um you know i hired a really good kitchen manager for candente and we've got you know two front of the three front of the house managers that are really contributing and doing a really good job so um we've just we've gotten to the point where we've got people in place it's just about you know getting everybody trained to get in the systems in yeah. place and doing the right thing. It sounds like you're building a system that likes to promote from within. Meaning, yeah. you know, you've got long-term employees that have been here a long time and the reward is, Hey, you're in the restaurant business. You're going to give up some nights and weekends. You're going right. to work your ass off. You're going to eat well. And then, right. and then you're going to get promoted. So yeah. as we grow, you grow. It sounds like that's the system that you guys are kind of, and you've been in that system, you know? Yeah. I mean, that we pretty much all of our, I mean, I don't really hire many managers, um, besides Steve, but I've worked with him. Uh, I don't really, but hire, you knew him already. Yeah, yeah, I, knew yeah. Him. I don't really hire many managers just from you know reading a resume. Yeah, it's always kind of who's who's in our network, sure, who's worked for us for a while, and <clears throat> do we think they can do it? And I don't know. That's just I've always had the best results. Sure. Mm-hmm. Sure, you know, yeah. so we, we do hire mostly from within on the manager side. So, so that you guys are you're gonna, you're going to get caught up eventually. I like to say <laughs> yeah. it's like you're running uphill with roller skates on. You're right. making a little bit of progress, but you're moving your legs a whole lot. Right. You're going to get caught up. What, what's the goal? So, what's the goal for you guys? Is it to open more concepts? Is it to open more of the same? What's that look like for you guys? Right now, we have. Plenty of concepts. Of course. <laughs> yeah, so new concepts, that's that's not gonna happen. I think for the for the next, you know, year, two, three, four, who, however long. He says that now. Until the next deal he says that the next good deal goes yeah. along. I just uh-huh. want to work on what we have and maximize the potential at each of our locations. I yeah. mean, we still have projects we want to do if, uh, on the construction side at the pit room, you know, so yeah. to maximize that place. Um, so we just kinda wanna manage what we have. Yeah. Make it all kind of work for us and, you know, streamline everything till it gets to the point to where it's, you know, it's just a machine that kind of operates. Sure. And um, once we get to that point, then we can start thinking beyond that. But 
I mean, we can't really think about anything beyond what we You're have. Still changing, right yeah, still changing diapers. <laughs> still changing diapers on the newborn right now. Yeah. Um, because it's been such a, a a an up and down road, a successful road. Um, is there anybody you want to give a special shout out to for your success, and then you know helping guide you, put the rails on? I mean, I know you mentioned your dad earlier. Yeah, obviously yeah. that's that makes sense, but. Who else? Anybody else you want to holler at? So there's obviously my dad. I mean, wouldn't have this opportunity without him. I mean, uh, I think that Steve and Laura were lifesavers, you know, during this expansion. Uh, Dino, uh, I mean, the pit room wouldn't be what it is without Dino, and not many people even know his name or who he is. <laughs> but, I mean, the guy can literally cut better than anybody, serve better than anybody, work the pits better than anybody. <laughs> I mean, he's the most reliable manager. I mean, so – you know, having a guy like that, I think, is uh, kind of what made that place uh, what it is. You cool. know, him and a crew of a few other, Maria and Hector and yeah. and Juanito. I mean, all those guys. Uh, you know, those are the guys that really kind of helped. It day in and day out. Kind of take some pressure off of you guys. Yeah. Because yeah. it run, runs like yeah, a ship just, over there. Just run it. I mean, like it's their own. Complete ownership. You yeah. know, and, you know, that's hard to find. It is. Mm -hmm. For yeah. people to care as much as you do. Yeah. Um, in the times where you need them to is yeah. invaluable. Right? Yeah. You can't replace people like that very easily. No. That's for no, sure. Not at all. Yeah. Uh, where can we find you? Where, where can your guests <laughs> find you on social media? Where are you guys um, located? Not all the concepts, but we'll list them. We'll list okay. Them so, you. yeah. I don't know the handle, but it's I think it's the Pit Room BBQ. Okay. Um, uh, and then the Pit Room on uh, Facebook. Um, and then Candente HTX, I think, is the Instagram. Yep. I follow and, that uh, one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know the other ones. Oh, that's <laughs> a good test question <laughs> yeah, right there. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but we have. Uh, it's yeah, all. It's all on social us. media. Yeah, it's all yeah, on yeah. social Just media. Just Google it. You yeah. can find yeah. it. Google yeah. it for yeah. sure. Yeah. Well, awesome, man. I mean, I think my first experience with the pit room was the pitmaster's dinner when you know we were over at the bar and y'all just set up you know that grill and everything yeah. and you know just did some awesome cooking and everybody had a real good time um, and then through the. Uh, barbecue festivals and everything. Um, it's it, and then everything that I've read, like I said, you know, with uh, 1751 hitting Allison Cooks, you know, to be in the top 30 is incredible, especially in its first year. Um, you've just done wild success in such a short span of time, and at a young age. You know, I say that as a 35 year old, but like I'm just impressed <laughs> as hell. You're you know, old, getting up there. I know that's it. That's right. That's right. You may have more restaurant years on yeah. me for sure. Yeah. Um, but it's been awesome to to talk to you today. Yeah. You know, like yeah. we said, we really appreciate you taking your time with all this that you got yeah. going on man uh, five <laughs> concepts on. one wife yeah. three children <laughs> yeah. and lots of employees so exactly yeah. oh my god i'm yeah. just like I, I got white hairs just listening to that man <laughs> like oh no <laughs> no thank you i got hey. the one and he's a handful you enough can't handle those white hairs yet trust me <laughs> <laughs> michael thank you very much Thanks for joining us we appreciate, appreciate your time uh, yeah. congratulations on all your success thank you and uh we'll We'll, we'll keep hitting you up and keep bothering you, and, yeah. and we'll come see you. And <laughs> Let's do it, is there yeah. anything we can do for you? We appreciate it. Yeah, comedic content. We still got yeah. time, man. We're gonna <laughs> head down there right now. Yeah, it's only six thirteen. Heading down there right now. Pit room, or you want? <laughs> I, I can hit both, man. Like I don't even have to move my car to hit up two great <laughs> yeah, spots. So yeah. crazy, awesome. To all the listeners, like and subscribe. Five stars, five stars. Another great podcast episode. Thank you again. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. The Cost of Goods Told podcast is made possible by the following sponsors. 
Zero Point Organics grows and supplies microgreens for over 30 major restaurants in the Houston area. Consistently perfect quality in flavor and appearance, their microgreens will be the best you or your customers have ever had every single time. Go to zero, Z-E-R-O, dash pointorganics.com. Duke's Premium Meats Home Delivery is committed to providing you with the best quality meat delivered right to your door. Offering certified Angus beef, grass-fed beef, Wagyu, and many more premium options, nobody beats Duke's Meats. Make sure to check out all that Duke has to offer at dukespremiummeats.com. Chriswell Culinary aims to create a new standard of unique, affordable hot sauces that satisfies the more developed cravings of today. Bernie Brand Texas-style hot sauce is a boldly layered sauce with density and personality to proudly represent Texas. Go to BernieBrand.com to find a retailer near you. That's Bernie, B-O-E-R-N-E, Brand.com.